Don't wanna be loved by you, be loved by you. I don't need to be hurt or rescued, not by you. So close, you're eating my space. Don't inhale so much, you're choking me. Oh, everything you think you own or have the right to. Welcome to Time Personified. I hope that this episode finds you well and healthy and in a place where you are engaging in a lot of self-care activities. Um, I know that is something that's very necessary in my world right now. I am recording this episode because a lot of astrologers are recording podcast episodes, making YouTube videos or whatever in response to the moment that we're in right now. In case you haven't heard, there's a very, it's, there's a serious virus going around and it has infected so many people that it is now on the, the scale of a pandemic. And that virus is the coronavirus. It has certainly been dominating the news and the minds of everybody, nearly everybody around the world for quite some time, especially in the past couple of weeks. And I want to sort of make this episode to analyze the astrology of the moment and share some messages that I have been receiving about what this all means. My intention is to create something that leaves people feeling empowered, uh, feeling a little more clarity around um, some of the big picture energetics of right now, and most importantly, I hope that you can walk away from this with the deep knowing that this there is a, a future <laughs> after this, obviously. I, I don't think there's really any doubt that you know, we're going to survive this. We've been through worse things um, as a human race, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. There's a future that this is all leading to. So we're going to sit and reflect on that for, you know, a bit, however long (laughs) this takes. 2020 is a year that astrologers have been talking about for a very, very long time, certainly longer than even I have been practicing astrology, and now that year is here. So if you're someone who's been following astrology very closely for a long time, if you're maybe a, you know, a practicing or a professional astrologer, I'm sure like 2020 has been on your radar for a long time. And judging from the first few months, uh, I would say that 2020 has not disappointed us in terms of things going down (laughs) and as an astrologer it's my job to provide clarity it's my job to point out possible paths forward from here and I want to challenge you to think of this whole situation and whatever else 2020 throws at us I want to challenge you to think of it as an opportunity to discover what you really value what things might have a lot of power over you and what needs to change in order for us to move forward and build a better world. Uh, In the interview that I did with Sarah Lyons last month, she talked about, so Sarah Lyons is a, uh, you should definitely check out her episode. It's very, very, uh, like, it's very relevant to the moment that we're living in right now we recorded it in a very different time (laughs) like we were we were living in a very different world just a few weeks ago but she was we talked a bit um 
like one piece of the conversation is about the practice of power mapping, which is something she writes about in her book, Revolutionary Witchcraft. And she points out that something that is often missed by activists or anyone who's fighting for a better world is that we're not defining what that better world actually looks like. We don't take time to sit down and think, okay, what would the utopia look like the utopia that we are fighting for so if you take you can really like plug anything into this like let's say you're fighting for women's rights okay what does the world look like uh in a world where men and women have equal rights and are treated exactly the same or all genders are treated exactly the same what does that look like what are the details of that and then um, from there, it's like, how do we get there? You kind of work backwards with power mapping. For more information on that, check out that podcast episode and check out Sarah Lyons's book, Revolutionary Witchcraft, because as we're all forced into isolation, as we're all being quarantined, as travel and going to school and going to social gatherings is out of the question right now, out of um, the realm of options of things to do with our time and energy, our lives are completely disrupted. Uh, so start thinking about what what would be the ideal outcome of this whole situation. When we're on the other side of this whole thing, what is the world, what would the ideal picture of the world look like? And then we can move backwards from there. What is the path that we need to be taking to that ideal re reality, that ideal world? And then, um, the last piece of it is what is your place in all of this what's the role that you play in this whole journey so personally if i'm gonna you know throw my ideas out there the outcome that i would like to see from this whole situation is that i would like to see a fundamental shift in western medicine uh and i'm not i'm only gonna just highlight a few points here because i could go on and on about my opinions of how medical science handles things. <laughs> um, modern Western medicine is centered around taking care of sick people and not so much around maintaining health. So that's something, a fundamental mind shift, mindset shift that I would like to see take place. Also, Western medicine is not very good at taking care of vulnerable people. And I could go on and on about how in terms of diagnosing people and treating people, the default uh, that most people are thinking of is the straight white man. And if you are a woman, if you're a person of color, if you're if you're anything other than a straight white man, basically, like you have a very high chance of being misdiagnosed, of experiencing malpractice, and so forth and so forth. I am not an expert on this. Um, I can recommend a very enlightening book called The Invisible Woman. So if you're, if I'm kind of like sparking some stuff for you, I would definitely recommend reading that book. It's very enlightening um, and it's very important to, it's very important information to be aware of if you are a woman or if you, especially if you are a woman of color or if you're a trans person or so forth and so forth it's really important to to be aware unfortunately like we live in a world where you have to be very aware of the biases that the medical medical community holds that can affect your quality of care also this whole situation is shining a massive light on just how serious things can get when not everyone has access to health care and this is a conversation that we've been having in the united states you know, for this entire uh, election process. It, people, there are so many people in the US and around the world who do not have the ability to go to the doctor. And now as this outbreak is happening, there are countries that like, they don't have enough resources in the healthcare center to healthcare arena to really manage the, the severity of the outbreak. And maybe if people, were able to access preventative health care um, before this whole thing, then, then maybe we could have prevented something like this from happening. Also, I find it very interesting that the coronavirus affects the lungs. So 
in the late spring, early summer, the North Node is going to be shifting from Cancer to Gemini. This is something we're going to be discussing in depth in this podcast episode. Gemini rules over the lungs um, in medical astrology. So in case you're not familiar, there is a, a facet of astrology known as medical astrology, and it basically places each zodiac sign as ruling a a different couple of body parts and usually serves as a support to somebody who practices some kind of healing art so like acupuncture or reiki or herbalism or something like that you can use medical astrology as a tool to further understand the energies of how people's bodies may be affected and gemini is the lungs so think about what our poor lungs go through in this modern industrialized world there is i'm abroad right now i'm in cambodia and i am surrounded by a lot of europeans i love you europeans i love you know if you're from europe and you're listening to this i love you you guys smoke so much (laughs) so i've been experiencing a lot of secondhand smoking i've been inhaling a lot of pollution Every day we inhale so many toxic man-made chemicals that are floating around our environment. So maybe one of the things that this virus is pointing out to us is what more do we need to be doing to protect our lung health? What things need to be changing in our environment in order for our lungs to support us? Because the people who are vulnerable to this virus are people who have poor lung health. A lot of people who have poor lung health, they got there by suffering from an addiction to smoking or by living somewhere where there's a lot of pollution like in southeast asia for example there are a lot of big cities where pollution is uh, an ongoing thing that affects people's health and then there's a lot of other reasons people could have weak lungs sometimes you're just born with that but i really feel like one of the main things to look at when understanding this virus um, from an astrology perspective is looking at these nodes and their transition from cancer and capricorn to gemini and sagittarius you're so loud my ears are ringing go back to sleep my time is my thing your possession no i am mine and only mine so don't come my shy so to start us out what are the nodes because some of you may not know that so the nodes are points in the moon's orbit where eclipses happen they you can't see them they're just like mathematical points and if the moon crosses or transits over a node and a full moon and or a new moon happens when the moon is um, on top of a node that is when an eclipse happens so if there's a full moon that's when a lunar eclipse happens if there's a new moon that's when a solar eclipse happens and there is a north node and a south node they are always in opposite signs so right now the north node is in cancer and the south node is in capricorn uh In May, the North Node will move into Gemini, and the South Node will move into Sagittarius. These signs are opposites from each other. Gemini and Sagittarius are opposites. Cancer and Capricorn are opposites. Every single zodiac sign has an opposite or a polarity, because there are 12 signs, so that means that there are six polarities. Since the end of 2018 i believe the shift happened in december 2018 the nodes have been moving through cancer and capricorn and we are currently wrapping that journey up we're about to begin a new journey that we'll be experiencing with the eclipses and with the gemini and sagittarius nodes so there's a lot of power for us to claim here in the gemini sagittarius eclipses this summer donald trump was born under a Sagittarius lunar eclipse. His south node is in Sagittarius, and that's where the south node is headed this spring. And one of the main things that Trump 
has been showing us is the shadow of Sagittarius energy, the shadow of living in such an interconnected world, a world where a piece of information or a person can get around the world in hours, minutes, seconds, the shadow of getting really passionate about ideas and beliefs. Currently, so that's, that's this spring, they're gonna shift in May, and over the summer, we're going to be experiencing these Gemini Sagittarius eclipses. And currently, the nodes are at four degrees of Capricorn and Cancer. The south node's in four degrees of Capricorn, the north node is in four degrees of Cancer. So March 28th to April 8th of 2020, so this I'm gonna give you a, these, this a range of dates, March 28th to April 8th, they're going to be at two degrees of Cancer and two degrees of Capricorn. The last time that the nodes were in these exact positions was 9-11. That day, uh, something really terrible happened. A lot of people died. And there was a huge disruption that was felt globally that fundamentally changed the way we travel forever. Sound familiar? <laughs> after, um, so after, the, when 9-11 happened, the nodes were at two degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, and then the weeks following 9-11, the nodes shifted into Gemini and Sagittarius. And what then happened was we had to look at what was being missed in the travel industry that allowed something like this to happen. And we're experiencing the reverse nodal return of that event. So basically what that means is that the nodes have returned to the positions that they were in during September of 2001, and but they're in opposite positions. So back in 2001, the North Node was in Capricorn, the South Node was in Cancer, and then they shifted. The North Node went into Sagittarius, the South Node went into Gemini. We're experiencing the opposite now. So we've got the South Node in Capricorn, North Node in Cancer, and then we're shifting into South Node in Sagittarius, North Node in Gemini. So. Back in 2001, there was a big coming together with the North Node in Sagittarius. There was like a global unity. Um, and I'm speaking very, very generally because there was also a lot of like Islamophobia that happened after that. But generally like that event um, brought people together. And right now we're experiencing the opposite of that. There is like a coming together energetically, but literally we are distancing from each other it's kind of like a loving distancy loving distancing in order to protect each other in order to protect the vulnerable so as the coming months unfold in may uh hopefully in may we'll you know be in a place where we're kind of containing the whole situation maybe the situation will have in some way or another past, maybe the worst of it will be over by then, and the nodes are gonna shift, and um, they're gonna make that shift into Gemini and Sagittarius. And we're gonna have to consider what needs to be done in the travel industry to, preve to prevent something like this from happening again. Because we live in a time where you can get on a plane and be on the other side of the world like tomorrow, and it's normal for us like we don't think about this but that is just absolutely mind-blowing and incredible most humans that have lived on this planet cannot fathom that like it's almost as if if you if you think about imagine like 200 years from now or whatever somebody could get on a spaceship and then like in uh half a day they could just be on the moon the way that you think, the way that you feel when you imagine that scenario, that's like, that is how incredible it is that we can just like change, that we can just get on a plane and like be anywhere in the world. Um, and we take that for granted, but uh, it's really unprecedented. And there is a necessity to protect our bodies from harm because our bodies are very susceptible to so many things. <laughs> There's so many different things that can go wrong with these very finely tuned systems that we have that we rely on to survive and you know viruses are designed to spread so when we live in a world that is so interconnected obviously 
the spread can get, uh, the spread can happen very fast and get very deadly very quickly. And that's something that we really should be considering. Um, and we should really be, you know, we should really be doing a lot more to protect ourselves. And the travel industry is learning that it really needs to be taking more precautions because the world we live in right now, a pandemic is so much more likely than the world that we lived in even like half a century ago. So I think that we're going to be seeing some really big changes in uh, the processes of traveling. Like there may be more precautions taken in airports to prevent viruses from spreading all over the world. Just how after 9-11 happened, there were many precautions added and many uh, systems and processes added in airports to prevent somebody who has horrible, horrible motives from getting on a plane and killing a lot of people. I think this also exposes a shadow in how nations relate to each other because again the south knows in Sagittarius so we're really exploring the shadow of Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the energy of travel, um, intercultural relations and if we had just been communicating with each other um, and not trying to save face, not trying to save our economies, maybe we wouldn't be in this pandemic situation. Maybe if we would have leaned into the Gemini energy a little bit better and just told the truth from the beginning, then maybe this would be a very different situation. So how can we take the lessons from this and move forward with it? We're giving the opportunity to see where the power really is right now because regular life is so fundamentally disrupted right now that we're kind of getting a chance to peek behind the curtain of who is it that controls this and oh my goodness I'm sorry a giant lizard just walked past me like a giant lizard I thought you'd want to know that and take that as a sign. Um, but yeah, we're given the opportunity to really peek behind the curtain and see who has the controls here. Who is it that controls these resources? Who is it that controls this information? And once we, it, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable process. It feels like uh, things coming apart. It feels like we're being shaken to our core right now. But what it really is, is an opportunity to move that power around. We are moving into the age of Aquarius. We're moving into an age that has no place and no tolerance for hierarchy, no place and no tolerance for this person is isolated from the community. This person is not worthy. It's, it's about equality. It's about, um, I, I, I want to say the word anarchy almost, but anarchy just basically means that there's not one person in charge. It's the opposite of hierarchy. Uh, I think we've been kind of conditioned, which this is very telling to the society that we live in. We've been very conditioned to like think of anarchy as being like an apocalyptic thing. You know, you imagine like cars burning and, but what it really is, is the absence of a all ruler. It's hard to see this, but we're being pushed into something new. We're being pushed into a new reality that is trying to be birthed and i really believe that being on this planet right now and experiencing this together this is a part of our soul's mission this is a part of what we our generation gets to contribute to humanity is how we move through this crisis and so now that we're on the subject of generations and soul missions let's talk about that Saturn-Pluto conjunction. One of the main reasons astrologers have been talking about 2020 for so long is that uh, is the outer planet conjunctions that are happening this year. So basically the larger slower moving planets are meeting each other and having conversations with each other and these are rare events and there are so many of them crammed into this year 
Um, and the first one, the one that brought us into the year, was we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January, uh, in January, and um, then in the middle of the year, which I'll talk about in this podcast episode, we have a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, so Jupiter and Pluto are going to be meeting and talking, and then at the very end of the year, we have Saturn and Jupiter coming together December of 2020 and so Pluto is the furthest out planet um, in astrology we still consider him a planet and it's it's a it's a collective generational energy and where Pluto is is where we're transforming it's where permanent transformation is happening Pluto's been moving through Capricorn since 2008 and he's been bringing permanent transformation into the world of businesses finance government any kind of like structured authority and you know he came in real strong with that 2008 recession and we've been moving through this energy for quite some time it's been like the base energy since 2008 and it will be all the way until 2025 and then so what we have in 2020 is we have the social planets interacting with pluto and then interacting with each other saturn and saturn and jupiter are the social planets they are the last two planets that are visible to the human eye and they Jupiter is the the vision and Saturn is the path to that vision. So the Saturn-Pluto conjunction broke down the structures that we have set up in society. The Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, which is happening in the middle of the year, is redefining the vision of what society should look like. And then if they're gonna come together, Saturn and Pluto are gonna come together in December of 2020, and we're going to take that new vision of what we want humanity to be moving forward, and we're gonna start putting the work in. And actually, Jupiter's moving through Capricorn, which like, all year. So that's kind of the energy of what is the ideal reality that we see for ourselves? What is the way that we wanna see society set up? What is our dream that we have for our own lives and for uh, the the world <laughs> and we need to start putting practical application onto those dreams like what are the steps that we need to take what's the path to get there and it's really interesting that we have Jupiter and Capricorn along with the south node in Sagittarius Jupiter rules over Sagittarius we're seeing restrictions in our ability to travel in our ability to go to school and those things are being restricted because it's not about continuing to take in more information. We've got plenty of it floating around in our own minds and in the whole universe of information that we have created called the internet. Uh, We've got enough information. We don't need to be consuming more of that stuff. (laughs) Um, We need to be putting, we need to be doing basically. We need to, I feel like one of the main things that this whole quarantine isolation thing has been doing is that it has forced us to step away from our high speed lives and start putting practical steps, laying the foundation to what is it that we actually want. And I think when Jupiter and Saturn meet each other in December of 2020, and that's gonna come fast man time is gonna fly we're gonna be there before we know it and Saturn is going to because Saturn is kind of like an auditor type person he's gonna be like all right Jupiter and Capricorn um, you've been moving through Capricorn you've been moving through my home sign all year so what is it that you've done but I also really think that this whole coronavirus situation is sort of a fallout of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we just saw. So let's talk about the last few Saturn-Pluto conjunctions that we have experienced um, in the past like 100 years, basically, because this is a 37-year cycle. So Saturn and Pluto meet every 35 to 37 years, uh, give or take, because Pluto has a very irregular orbit, Saturn goes retrograde a lot, and so forth. But 
The first one that we experienced in the 20th century was in 1914 to 1916. There was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Cancer. These were the years that World War I was happening. Uh, and then the, the next time it happened in the 20th century was 1946 to 1948. There was a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Leo. These were the years after World War II. And then... 1981 to 1983 there was a Saturn Pluto conjunction in Libra so a lot of you actually if you're I believe you guys are in your late 30s now you guys have this conjunction in your natal chart so you have a really big role to play in this year there's a really big cycle completing in your life right now and I've actually I think you guys are just like intuitively you guys must intuitively know this because of most of the readings that I have done over the past, like, pretty much for all of this year, have been people born in the years 1981 to 1983. I feel like you guys just know that, like, there's something big you need to know. It's this. Um, so if you, if, the, if you do fall into that category, or even if you don't, you should get a reading with me. We can talk more about how that specifically shows up in your life. And then 2001 to 2003, Saturn and Pluto were opposite each other. So essentially, the cycle that we are completing right now, it started in 1981 to 1983 with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Libra. It climaxed in 2001 to 2003 um, when Saturn and Pluto were opposite and they were in Gemini and Sagittarius. So that's that's pretty crazy because that's where the eclipses are going to be happening this summer and then um the one that we're in right now uh it the energy of the saturn pluto conjunction is very present with us the year 2018 all the way to 2020 saturn and pluto have been sort of dancing with each other the conjunction went exact january of 2020 and that's kind of the journey that they have been on so far so let's talk about like some of the themes involved here in these larger cycles. So the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we experienced in January is opposite the conjunction in 1914, because in 1914 it happened in Cancer, and now it's happening in Capricorn. Cancer and Capricorn are opposites. That's also the eclipses that we have been experiencing all the way through 2019. So there's a lot of Cancer-Capricorn themes that we are working through right now. And I think the main thing is like this false sense of safety that we create for ourselves when we don't want to face the fact that our world is about to be really shaken. Um, and so think about what was happening as the world was <laughs> leading up to World War One. It, and this is something, again, like I'm, you probably know this about me. I'm really, really into history, and I love, love studying 20th century, 18th, sorry, 19th and 20th century history because just I, I'm very drawn to those two centuries. And as we were leading up to World War One, we globally were in serious denial that that something was going to happen, like something really big was really going to happen because. Basically what happened was Franz Ferdinand was assassinated and, you know, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was, it, it, it wasn't really on everybody's radar. It seemed like a very uh, obscure, it seemed like a very, it seemed like something that wasn't really going to affect the whole world. It was like, okay, something happened in this empire, this guy got assassinated, there's going to be some conflict in Eastern Europe. Um, okay, nobody imagined that, that that would eventually turn into a global war. Nobody even could wrap their heads around what a global war would even be because it had never, they'd never seen that happen before, right? And also there was, as we entered the 20th century, people thought that war was just going to sort of like go away because the world was so interconnected because we had all of this technology, we we're economically dependent on each other, and also if a war did happen because of the level of technology we do have, the war would then be just 
unimaginably horrific, and it was, but yeah, so they were in denial that that conflict could actually escalate to that level, and because of that, they sort of blindly walked themselves into a world war, and then we did it again in, with World War II. Um, and I feel like that's something that happened with the coronavirus, you know? We didn't want to, we didn't, the human mind is really good at convincing us that we are going to be fine. <laughs> it's really good at convincing us that we are invincible and that our reality really couldn't possibly be shaken up. Um, or couldn't possibly experience something like that's so hard, right? Our mind is really good at tricking us into doing that. Um, so again, we're facing a moment um, in history where we are, where we're facing our ability to create a false sense of safety. And how can we, moving forward as a humanity, and even like this can apply to our individual lives too. How can we start to take warning signs a little bit more seriously? I don't mean that we should become hypochondriacs and like be afraid of everything, but how is it that we can be a little more objective when we see things unfolding globally? And this is a question for like this is a uh, this is a question for you to sort of apply to your own life, but it's also a question for like really big picture uh thinking in terms of how are we going to modify the way that we structure our society moving forward. Also, this conjunction that we just experienced in Capricorn is squaring the conjunction that happened in Libra, 1981 to 1983. During those years, there was a viral epi epidemic, and it was the AIDS epidemic, basically. It was a virus that affected only certain people, but was very deadly, and there was no cure. There still is no cure. Sound familiar? And I think that the way that the AIDS virus and the coronavirus are connected is that it's teaching us that if, if some of us are hurting, all of us are hurting. We have to protect the vulnerable. If there is a virus or a disease, or even if it's not medical at all, if there is something in the world that is hurting just one community of people, that is not a reason to, for, for us to worry less about that thing. Um, this is also about us moving into the age of Aquarius, right? We're all connected. If one group of people, if one person is hurting, we are all hurting. If you're not in danger right now, good for you. We are still in a global pandemic. It's still very real. And I think that one of the biggest things that we need to keep in mind right now is that this is a serious, serious threat for some people. And same thing with AIDS. Like, I guess I, I wasn't alive during the AIDS epidemic and I think there was a lot of fear from everyone that they were going to be like getting AIDS, especially because nobody really understood like why it was spreading or how it was spreading or how to cure it. I'm sure there was like a lot of fear, even if you weren't in one of the vulnerable populations, but there also was because um, I've also done a lot of research on the 1980s and there were a lot of powerful people who were sort of ignoring the virus and not seeing it as a serious issue because of the people who were being affected. And we need to never, ever fall into that trap again. Because the reason humans have lived on this earth as long as we have, which we haven't really been around that long in the grand scheme of things, we've been around for 2.5 million years and all of that time, we have survived because of our ability to cooperate with each other, our ability to trust each other. And so it's moments like this where we are seriously tested on how much are you really willing to take care of each other. And on March 21st, Saturn is going to ingress into Aquarius. So Saturn has been moving through Capricorn for two years now since uh, since. It, he moved into Capricorn actually December of 2017 and he's been moving through Capricorn 
ever since then. And on March 21st, he will ingress into Aquarius. He'll spend the summer in Aquarius, and then in July, he will retrograde back into Capricorn. So we're getting a little taste of the Saturn in Aquarius energy. And again, Saturn is kind of like the auditor. Saturn, when Saturn comes around to a certain part of your chart or comes to a certain planet or a certain whatever, he always comes around to the question of what have you accomplished so far and how much further do you still have to go? So when Saturn moves into Aquarius, the question that he's going to be asking us is how well are we actually able to take care of each other? How strong are our communities? Because um, again, like this virus, is, it's really, really testing the fabrics and the foundations of our communities. And I don't mean like, you know, community in a sense of, you know, structures like cities or whatever. Like I don't, I'm talking about like the relationships between the people in our communities and that's being tested. It's being stress tested because we need to know just how strong they are. So we, so we need to know that moving forward. And the cycle, so that the cycle that we're in right now, it started with the AIDS epidemic and it's completing with the coronavirus pandemic. And, and I think AIDS was a pandemic too. I actually don't know. Um, and the climax of that cycle, the halfway point of that cycle was 9-11. So these are historically, when we're looking big picture at this, those are the three events that we really need to look at and be like, okay, what are the overlapping things here? What are the themes that came up in 1980, in the 1980s, that we still have work to do on now and what are the themes that that overlap between the 1980s and the 2000 and the 2000s that we need to be completing and that we need to be integrating right now so that is the saturn pluto conjunction and let's let's go back to the nodal shift let's go back to the gemini sagittarius eclipses because i want to touch on that I want to give you some important dates for the eclipses this summer well I want to give you the dates of the eclipses this summer and then I want to give you some important dates moving forward to keep on your radar as we continue the the future I'm not an astrologer who tries to predict the future because I believe that we are creating the future in the present but there are some important dates that I would like you to keep in mind as we continue to feel our way through this whole experience. Um, so the nodal shift and the eclipses, the south node is moving into Sagittarius. We're moving away from school. We're moving away from travel. Sagittarius rules over school and travel. There's a shakedown to what really matters in those areas of our life. How much do we really need to be traveling? How much do we really need to be how much do we really need to be like physically going to a school? Like how much of our learning can actually be done on our own or digitally? There's a really big shakedown happening there. And I'm not going to offer any opinions there because I am definitely not an expert with that. I personally, I happen to be somebody who I learn really, really well when I just am given the material and I'm allowed to move through it in my own pace. And I think that there's a lot of people who learn better that way or maybe learn better a completely different way i think that like i was somebody who i did well in school but i really struggled because my by that by that I, that's not very clear the way that i phrase that i would do well in school but i had to work very very hard to adapt myself to the way that school was structured because it was structured in a way that didn't match the way my mind worked and so maybe this is an opportunity to work with that a bit because when we're forced to cancel schools when we're forced to close down the traditional schools we're forced to sort of innovate the way that we learn and the way that we teach people and same with travel traveling is just at a halt right now um, and i talked a bit in the beginning of the episode about how travel is going to be fundamentally changed after all of this and maybe we're evaluating just how much we travel because airplanes have a really big carbon footprint and I'm saying that as somebody I travel the world 
I always like I'm not I indefinitely travel the world I work remotely and I'm always I'm almost always abroad and when this the beginning of this year I planned a multiple month journey through Asia um, which is now paused <laughs> I'm currently stuck in Cambodia but yeah I think that there's a lot of things that need to be reconsidered in the way that we travel because I just I don't think that naturally we're meant to be the world isn't meant to support uh, a species that can just hop around the world the way that we do so how can we protect ourselves and protect the earth in the way that we travel and yeah uh, north node and gemini we're distancing we're returning to ourselves we're returning to truth also it's just like our ability to filter out information is getting tested because there's so much information out there about this virus there's so many people that are telling you what to think what to do what's going to happen yada 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 we really have to be discerning with like what information are we what information are we going to take to heart and what information is not true or harmful and that is that's a theme that we're going to be working with in many different manifestations over the this journey through 2020 and through 2021 so let's talk about the eclipses this summer we have seven eclipses in 2020 we have been through two so far excuse me, six eclipses, I'm sorry. There was an eclipse right at the end of 2019 that I counted in my head. So we had six eclipses this year and we've been through one so far. So we have five left and three of them are this summer. Two of them are in the winter. And I'm just gonna go through, I'm gonna go through all of them that we have left and just give a little tidbit about each one. So on June 5th of 2020, there is a lunar eclipse in Sagittarius and again, Donald Trump was born under a lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. And I haven't looked at how this hits his chart exactly. I'm sure I will do that when the time comes. But I really feel like this eclipse has something to do with Trump. Something to do with the themes that Trump has brought into the collective. Just because he's such a big figure globally and he's such a big part of the shadow <laughs> that we're dealing with collectively and this is the very first lunar eclipse in Sagittarius so I really think that off the bat we're gonna there's something with Trump that we're dealing with here June 21st this is really powerful the next one on June 21st there's going to be a solar eclipse in Cancer so the Sun is gonna be in Cancer but the North Node's already going to have made its way to Gemini but if the Sun is just like close enough to the the node an eclipse will still happen. That's confusing. If you didn't understand that, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't have to understand like every little nuance. But the there is a solar eclipse in Cancer on June 21st. And this is also the summer solstice. And the summer solstice is a turning point. It's, it's the longest day of the year. And every day after the summer solstice is going to get darker and darker. So there is this push forward. It's also like a move into the harvest season. Um, or the, the, the summer solstice is like the first steps that we take into the harvest portion of the year. So I really feel like this is a time, that's gonna be a time when we're going to get the opportunity to reap the fruits of all of the hard work that we have been doing pretty much since spring of last year all of the really hard work that we've been doing in your individual life and also collectively. And so that's that's a day that I'm very excited about. I love the solstices and the equinoxes. I love observing them. And I think it's so cool that there's a eclipse on the solstice. That's gonna be a powerful day. And I really look forward to like honoring that when the time comes closer. July 5th. There is a lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So this is going to be the last lunar eclipse that we experience in Capricorn before we move on to just the Sagittarius lunar eclipses or the Sagittarius eclipses. What's going to happen, what, the themes that are going to come up for this one is what have we learned over the past two years about power? 
over the past two years, we've had a lot of energy in Capricorn. We've had the South Node in Capricorn. We've had Saturn in Pluto. And we have been doing, there's been a lot of stuff coming up around power, around the people who are in power, around the structures of authority, the structures of hierarchy. And this is where we're going to evaluate what we have accomplished and what we have brought to the surface over the past two years. November 30th, there's going to be a lunar eclipse in Gemini. That feels like a new vision for the future because that's going to be the very first eclipse that we experience um, with the North Node in Gemini. Um, that's going to be in Gemini. So it feels like a very like viewing, like a very future focused energy. And then finally, the last eclipse of the year is a solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 14th. And that is going to be a deep, deep release. That will be our very first solar eclipse in Sagittarius since the nodal shift. And it's going to bring in like all kinds of new energy around like, here's a new shadow to deal with. Here's a new this. And that'll be something that we will be moving through then. So those are the eclipses. It's good to just have those dates on your radar, um, just to know, just, and if, even if it's not the specific dates, just know June and July, November, December, eclipse seasons, eclipse portals. We're gonna be going through some intense energy during those times. So important upcoming dates, because I cannot tell you how long the coronavirus is going to last. I'm not going, I can't tell you what is gonna happen, but I can point out some powerful dates that we may want to keep our eyes on and then some possible themes surrounding those dates. So here we go. On March 19th, just a couple of days from now, or maybe just one, I don't know when I'm gonna release this actually, just like a day or two from now, is the spring equinox, also known as Ostera to the pagan communities and the spring equinox, I feel like it's going to have a very different energy this year because it's normally it's when you spring forward. It's like a huge rebirth energy. It's a huge new beginning. And I mean, when I really think about it with the whole quarantine isolation thing, it kind of feels like the very late stages of pregnancy, you know, when it's and it's also almost feels like the snake coiling before it strikes. It's almost like we're kind of getting still and turning in and gathering up our strength. And maybe there's a big rebirth coming on the 19th. Maybe it's a very subtle um, rebirth energy, but you know, every spring equinox, there's always an opportunity for a rebirth and a new beginning. It's a time to plant some seeds. Think about what you want the next year to look like because the spring equinox is a new year in a lot of cultures. In astrology, it is the new year. It is the very first. It's when the sun moves to the very beginning of the zodiac, um, right to the beginning of the sign Aries. And yeah, so it's it's a time where what do you want to initiate? What do you want to plant? What would you like to be harvesting when fall rolls around? Think about that. And as you are in your quarantined, socially disrupted life, start planting those seeds, start laying the foundation for that. And it's a really great day to do uh, meditation work or ritual work around the seeds that you want to be planting and the things that you want to initiate. And then a couple of days later on March 21st, we're going to have our Saturn ingress into Aquarius. This is what I was talking about earlier with how well are we actually taking care of each other how much can you actually rely on our community? And I actually want to share a, a story of something that I experienced when I first started traveling. So January 2018 was when I moved to Bali, Indonesia. And that was like the first time I ever like went abroad by myself. And it was the first time I ever lived abroad long term. And the first thing that happened to me, well, actually, I had a couple things happen to me. I actually got really sick from a mosquito bite, and that was a whole situation. But another thing that happened to me was that I lost my Google account. Like, Google decided that because 
somebody was trying to log in from Indonesia that my account was compromised and they locked it down and I was working remotely and like relying on the stuff I had on Google Drive for my living and like I couldn't get to my emails it was awful and I was like pleading with Google for like weeks to like give me my account back and one really profound thing that was said to me was that when it comes to time like things when things like this happen to you you realize that there are so many things that you rely on that are under the control of other people and the only thing that you can truly rely on like you know without a doubt rely on is social connection community is the only currency and he was right like the only thing that i could really rely on during that time was the relationships that i had cultivated with my clients or the relationships that I was building with people that could help me um, and so forth. Like I was, you, when you lose something that you rely on so heavily, like you have to rely on other people to help you. And that's a, I think that's a really big theme that's going to be coming up in March, the end of March and like through the spring as Saturn is moving into Aquarius. And it's a huge theme for 2021. It's how well are we going to be able to, how much are we going to be able to lean on each other and rely on each other for help when we need it? And another really big thing is like, do we value hierarchy and capitalism and economics more than we value each other? That's a really big thing that this virus is teaching us because it's going to be like, it's going to be affecting economies on a massive, in a massive way. And countries, businesses, people are they're, they're having to make the decision they're gonna have to make the choice between economic gain and humanitarianism and we're gonna remember when this is all over who chose humans over profit and that's a Saturn and Aquarius theme if I've ever seen one and the last thing th this isn't a these are a, a few dates that I would like to point out so I was talking about how there are three big outer planet conjunctions in 2020. There's the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. And now what I said wasn't totally correct because there are actually five <laughs> outer planet conjunctions because Jupiter is gonna go retrograde and he's going to actually meet up with Pluto three times. So to recap, we've got the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, we've got three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, and then we've got the Saturn and Jupiter conjunction. So there is, there are multiple phases of the process with Jupiter and Pluto. And so Jupiter and Capricorn, it's constricting our sense of adventure, restricting our ability to venture out. And it's giving us the opportunity to put practical steps towards our biggest, loftiest dreams. And in, like I was saying before, December of 2020, Jupiter's gonna meet up with Saturn in Aquarius and we're gonna be asked to show how much groundwork we have laid in this portion of the year. We are in the hard work phase right now and the harvest is coming, but we have a lot of hard work to do with this Jupiter and Pluto stuff. So a three, three times is going conjunct it's a process. It's a, it, the process is destruction for the purpose of new opportunities that are coming through. We're breaking things down in order to make room for the new to be birthed in. And the first conjunction, I'm gonna give you ranges of dates because it's ha it happens very slowly. These are slow moving planets. The first conjunction is coming up March 28th to April 7th. And it's exact around April 4th. This is kind of the initiation into the process. So whatever happens during those couple of weeks, that's an initiation into a several month long process of destruction for the purpose of rebirth. And it's very fitting that it happens in Aries season because Aries is, Aries is the God of war. So there is a lot of, con there's a lot of destruction and a lot of force with Aries, but it's also a birth energy. So it's kind of like we're like bringing in the new as the old is dying. It's going to be interesting. 
and we're gonna get through it. <laughs> and so the next conjunction is happening when both Jupiter and Pluto are retrograde. And this is happening June 23rd to July, July 9th. And they're both going to be retrograde. And this is gonna be a deep review process. It's gonna be, we're gonna look back on what was initiated, what came in in early April and we're kind of at the halfway point of that process by then and we're reviewing how far we've come and how far we have left to go and then they will meet one last time November 8th through 12th and they're both going to be direct at this point and it's going to be a very huge completion energy because they will not meet each other again for 12 more years so that's something to be aware of when looking collectively at what's happening in the world. Also, look at where 22 to 24 degrees of Capricorn is in your chart to understand what this process, how it's going to be unfolding in your own life, because it's going to affect all of us individually in a very specific way. And again, I would recommend that 2020 is a year that like you definitely want to get your chart read by an astrologer or learn how to read your chart yourself if you want to go down that path. I offer readings. I'll put I'll put the link to to book my readings in the show notes here so you can if you are interested. Um, I'm currently until this whole pandemic ends my readings are going to be only $50 because I feel like it's just what I can do. We need clarity right now. We need guidance, we need connection, so my readings are ridiculously cheap at the moment and yeah so but but otherwise keep keep a really close eye on these outer planet conjunctions these Jupiter and Pluto conjunctions and then the Saturn Jupiter one in December and track it be aware when it's coming and look at how it is unfolding in your life because these are really big themes because not only are these really big initiations on a historic like human human like human on a historic big picture scale but these are also really big initiations in our own individual lives as well and then lastly may 13th to june 25th venus is going to be retrograde in gemini and the met the the question that i get from this is can we trust nature as awful as disease and virus viruses can get they're a part of nature and I really believe that our earth or Gaia as I often refer to her as um, the name that I often use to refer to her I believe that she is a sentient being um, an intelligent being and I believe that anything that happens in terms of natural disasters, diseases, viruses, whatever, it's a part of her natural system. She's trying to reach an equilibrium. Like, it almost feels like this is a part of her immune system. And when you really think about it, we're kind of the virus. Like, we're attacking Mother Nature. We are destroying parts of her ecosystems and parts of her body and um and look at what this virus has done it's kind of like it's kind of made us docile so it it feels like nature is sending us a very clear message right now and can we trust that message and can we listen to it also um, during the Venus retrograde, that's the end of a previous Venus cycle, the beginning of a new Venus cycle, because um, Venus has 18-month cycles. So think back to October of 2018. A lot of themes that came up back then are going to be completing um, during the late spring and summer for you, and for us, <laughs> and then a new phase is beginning. Um, and definitely, like, if you want to learn more about how the Venus cycle is hitting your chart, that's something that I specifically offer in astrology readings, so we can talk more about that. I love, love, love working with the Venus cycle and watching her journey through the night sky and the morning sky and seeing how we flow with all of that stuff. 
So that is all of the information that I have for you at this moment, about this moment. I hope that, again, like I said in the beginning of this episode, my intention was to be empowering, to provide clarity, and to show us that we have paths forward, to show us that this is not the end, but the beginning. And I really hope that I accomplished that over the time that we have spent together. I deeply appreciate anybody who's listening. I pray and I send the intentions for your health and for your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual well-being. I send you all of the good vibes and we are going to get through this together and we're going to get through this with love. We're going to get through this like as in like love is our key, our tool that we can use. Let's see what the next chapter holds. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Down by the sea At the edge of the water for our